When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, everyone. It is still the month without hockey, or as you normies like to call it, August. We're slogging through the dog days of summer, everyone. Of course, that was named, we get that from known as the uh, St. Patriarch of Dogs. I'm dead serious. Go Google it, everyone. It's really a thing. So as always in the summer, you know, you know, we're starting for any hockey content we can get. We're still weeks away from any sort of training camp. There's only so much free agency we can talk about. So this time of year, before the NFL machine gets ramped up, we bring on friend of the podcast, Urinating Tree, coming on to the show. Tree, thank you, brother. Thank you so much for coming out, man. Oh, thank you for inviting me as always. It's always a pleasure, my man. Always great, great to have you on. Great to talk some uh, hockey, even though it is the dead of August, mm-hmm. and the free agency hurricane has passed. Mostly, there's some remnants still some by, but it's mostly gone. No. So, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try and talk over just where the season's going. Maybe a little too early talk, but of course, we'll start with the champs in the Vegas Golden Knights, and um, you know, before we do get into them, their future. Um, would you agree that these finals were like a little lackluster, like more of a gentlemanly sweep because it's two franchises. Not a lot of teams really know about. And it seems like in an alternate timeline, we would have gotten Boston and Edmonton, but these were the two teams that, that we got. I think like uh, that was the argument I made about both conference finals and the cup finals, because you remember Carolina got just brutally swept in kind of the worst ways you can imagine. Dallas just laid an egg against Vegas. I mean, Jake Ottinger wasn't Jake Ottinger. And I mean, yeah. it kind of showed like year one, Peter DeBoer, how he just runs out of gas by the time like the conference finals and cup comes around. And then Vegas, Florida, I expected a solid series, but I mean, Florida had the whole team of destiny thing pop up. Yeah. That stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is where Vegas probably wins in five. And, and I mean, Bobrovsky just, fell like he just he ran out of gas like he went back to the Bobrovsky that was seen as a massive albatross back in March and April 
I mean, Vegas played well. I'll give them credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to win a cup just to uh, justify all the moves they made, and they did it. So, tops to them. I mean, I'm not yeah. super happy about it, but hey, it's like, <laughs> you know, they, they earned it. That's all I can say. I know everyone's going to bitch about Mark Stone, like, circumventing the cap. Once again, they broke no rules. Same, same no. thing that happened with Tampa Bay and Kucherov. Yeah. By the letter of the law, they did they did not they did nothing wrong by mm-hmm. the letter of the law. And um it was good to see them, even though people complain like, oh, they broke the rules in the expansion draft. Only seven of the yeah. original players remained. I and hate that revisionism. Fine. I yeah. hate that revisionism because remember at the Great. time, back in 2017, a bunch of people were saying that Vegas had a terrible draft and they were mm-hmm. going to be terrible for a long time because they took a lot of bad contracts to get futures. Oh, yeah. Remember, that was the key. They were looking for five, six years down the road when they would start competing. Nobody expected William Carlson to just come out of nowhere and be a star. No one expected, uh, like, say, like, everything to gel instantaneously. Like, everyone thought that Marc-Andre Fleury was going to be the piece. Maybe Marcia So and Riley Smith would play key roles, but nobody expected this, the, the emergence they had in year one. Like if, if somebody would would have predicted that, I'd show you a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it, it it's just unreal. It was the exception, not not the rule. It's mm-hmm. not like Seattle had an amazing draft, and a lot of GMs yeah. wised up by then. Be like, hey, even though these are bad contracts, let's not put good players out into the open. Yeah, Vegas they, took advantage right. of a system, and it just it all came together for for one year. But looking mm-hmm. ahead for the uh, the Golden Knights, I mean, some of their goalies like went off. You know, went off to other places. Aiden Hill got a nice contract. Mm-hmm. I don't expect this team to run it back, but they're going to pretty much hang around in the Western Conference this year, right? I think they'll still be near the top. Uh, the main thing was losing Riley Smith, but that's the yeah. price you unfortunately have to pay for mm-hmm. signing Ivan Barbashev, who played. It was probably the best deadline acquisition out of anyone, oh, and yeah. he was wasn't super highly altered. Him and Aiden Hill got the cup tax extension, so it yeah. helps them out. Plus. With Vegas, too, you still get Robin Lehner and Logan Thompson coming back. So you're going to have a goalie log jam you're going to have to figure out. Might, might be Logan Thompson's the one that gets traded because I don't know who's going to take on the Robin Lehner deal without maybe like you're, you're going to be at depressed value because of that injury. So I would say prospect-wise, they're going to be in trouble, but they have been in trouble because they've been going all yeah. in for roughly the past five years. Last year was kind of the exception to that because they didn't really – give up a ton they didn't really go all in per se but at the same time i think like with the west you, you really can't count them out yeah and as someone who does follow the uh the the, the miners there is nothing in henderson there's absolutely no. nothing so don't expect anything in, in the depth pieces depth pieces that's about yeah. it if that if absolutely yeah. that so um so we'll talk about another team in the West that's always fun to kind of like laugh and and be a bit of a punching bag, and that's and that's Edmonton. Was it goaltending, or is this is was like the previous year their ceiling in the Western Conference Finals? Because I always thought that if this team gets hot and catches the West on a down year, they could make it to the Cup Finals. I thought I had them go into the Cup Final the previous year because I thought they were finally piecing it together. Stuart Skinner doing well in goaltending. Mm-hmm. The defense was coming along with um, um, Matthias Eckholm coming in the deadline. They were finally getting depth scoring. Then all three vanished. And yeah. it's just like it doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, they did pay $9.5 million to Darnell Nurse, which is unfortunately looking terrible right now. Stuart mm-hmm. Skinner, I mean, he ran out of gas, but they kept throwing him out there. You had uh, 
Jack Campbell, you threw a five by five at, and he's already your backup, which is not looking good. And it justifies Toronto letting him go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Leon, if one of Leon Drysaddle or Connor McDavid are not performing, and Leon Drysaddle fell apart after game two, you're done. And that's the unfortunate issue with the Oilers. And that's been the same calling card for them for roughly the past five or six years goaltending woes, defensive woes, and death woes. And yeah. they've tried everything. I'll give them credit. Like, it's not like they're being lazy. It's just nothing has worked. It might just seem like for them just the odd year that, that that they tend to catch fire. And even then, who knows if they might run into another buzzsaw team like a Dallas, a Colorado, or a Vegas. Mm-hmm. It just – it might take some circumstances. So uh, let's stay let's stay in Canada and – um the fire cell going on in the uh, the Jets. Will Connor Hallibuck find a new home before the beginning of the season, or are they just going to dump him by the trade deadline? I'm not sure. I know, like, I kind of expected them to launch the nuclear codes. I mean, you have to consider, will Shifley go too? Because I don't know if he mm-hmm. wants to extend as well. So those two are out. Blake Wheeler's already been bought out. Uh, the worst, like, kept secret in hockey, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been gone, but I thought he'd go to Montreal. Like, the, the zillion rumors going his way. I thought that, I mean, off topic, I thought the Kings should have gone after Hellebuck for that price, not Dubois. Yeah. But yeah. I, the thing with the Kings, like, they, the Jets did get a decent return for Dubois. You can already replace him with Velarde. You have a couple lottery tickets. And uh, Ayafalo, who can plop in your middle six, and Rasmus Kapari, who didn't really pan out. Maybe he gets a jump in Winnipeg. And then Blake Wheeler was, from what it had seen, he was a clubhouse cancer. Because especially, like, it, it was just a time for both parties to separate. And that's the last of the Atlanta Thrashers that have been in Winnipeg. So it's kind of a surreal moment for both. But I think, like, if things go sour quickly, Hellebuck and Shifley, bye-bye. It's it's weird because you never really hear people say, I want to go to Winnipeg. Like, I think there no. was a poll done among players. And, like, Winnipeg was, like, dead last where players, like, actually yeah. want to go. Winnipeg and it's just... Some- it, yeah, and, and it sucks because the, the fan base there is really passionate. They love them up there, and I'm glad I'm glad that they're back. I mean, every postseason they get in, we get the whiteout, which is a blessing from the hockey gods. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just it's kind of a shame to see what's what what's happened up there. And I don't think the coach was wrong in what he said by calling out his team. Maybe the yeah. timing he did it wasn't great, but he wasn't wrong in what he said. I mean, I, I feel like that's died. how Winnipeg's been. That's how it's been for the past few years. Even if you remember the previous year. Paul Maurice resigned and said the team needs a new voice because, like, yeah. that's that's a huge red flag. And they said, like, they were gutless and listless. I mean, he wasn't wrong, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, there is, like, a huge issue in Winnipeg, especially in that locker room. Like, you had to get rid of some of the cancer in that locker room. And sometimes you have to keep cleaning. It just it is what it is. Sometimes, like, the situation just gets too toxic where you have to just wipe it clean. Like, it just it is what it is. And Winnipeg might be at that point, unfortunately. Yeah, sometimes you you just got to flush out the system and see what happens. Yep. It's not pretty when when, when it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll go we'll stay in uh, Canada a little bit more and still stay in like the uh, the Western Conference. Um, will Vancouver or Calgary be half decent this year? I've kind of given up on Calgary being anything, and Vancouver just kept trading off teams. Like, are they what they just might fall off this year? Uh, is Vancouver still over the salary cap? That's my I question. Think, I, I I think they're okay now because OEL got bought out, but yeah. it's just a mistake after mistake with Vancouver. I like I expected 
for example, they keep talking about JT Miller getting traded. That's probably not happening anymore. They talked about um, uh, Brock Besser being traded. He's been rumored in trades for three years. Still hasn't happened, unfortunately. Um, not to like thinking, a but, uh, go, not to jump in for a quick second. They're yeah, still 4.2 over a million. They're still oh, over. I mean, there's some LTIR probably in there too, but uh, Connor Garland there is, was but, another one they were looking at yeah. as well. But I, I mean, I, I just don't get what they're doing. They're trying to keep buying, but they keep saying like, okay, this team's being carried by Thatcher Demko. When Thatcher Demko falls apart, the team falls apart. Yet uh, the prospect system hasn't really panned out. And that's the issue there. Like, They've made too many mistakes. They're still paying for the sins of Jim Benning. Jim Rutherford's just like eh, kind of there. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, the sad part is I have more faith in them than Calgary. Because Calgary, I feel like everyone wants out. They had to, they had to trade to Foley with no leverage. Elias Lindholm probably wants out. Like he wants out. Uh, Noah Hannafin wants out. And like and they're, and they're already seeing the title wave. They saw the greener pastures that Matthew Kuchuk went to. And they're like, you know what? I want that. Calgary's <laughs> underachieving, and that's the problem with, like, when you're in, like, a work environment that goes to shit, like, with Daryl Sutter, and then suddenly, like, he gets better. Sometimes they're too far gone, and I think Calgary's at that point. So, I it's mean, only, they might be too late, too. It, it it might be. Like you said, everybody's just piecing out. Everyone says, nope, nope, I'm done. I'm absolutely mm-hmm. done. Yeah, and who knows? Underachieving will do that. And who knows, the team might get good again whenever that new arena deal a- a- actually comes home, mm-hmm. if that's still a thing there in Calgary. I think they have a, have the approvals set for a new arena. They have the public funding set. They still have to construct it, and then they'll demolish the uh, the Pringle chip. Also known yeah, as the, uh, the, the Shadow Dome. And mm-hmm. I've heard things about that, like, you know, talking about the Bears for a second. One of, their, their farm system's real good with the Calgary Wranglers who play at Scorcha Bank, and I was really hoping that the Bears didn't play there because Zach, the voice of the Bears, would have had to walk across old scaffolding there at the out there just to get to the visitors' um, um, radio booth. A lot of them have to that stadium. They've never really renovated it or tried to upkeep it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a shame when a team holds on to an arena far too long. But if we're talking about the Western Conference, we – Gotta unfortunately talk about Chicago and how they got Connor Bernard and all that and and everything. I mean, no one's expecting miracles out of the Blackhawks this year. Is this just year one of just getting the 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 fighting Bernards up and running there in Chicago? Yeah, year one of a deep rebuild. I mean, you're still like you still have some pieces. Goaltending still a huge question mark. You do have Seth Jones, who is as we all predicted, one of the worst contracts in hockey right now. Even if he's happy yep. with Seth Jones, he's not worth nine and a half over eight, especially what they paid to Columbus. So I think at this point, like they did get some pieces in. They did acquire like a couple pieces, if I remember correctly. Let me look this up because I believe like I'm trying to jog my memory mm-hmm. of who they got. Um, realistically, I know this has been tossed around. Is there any hope that Kane does go back to Chicago? It depends on what happened. the market is. Because I think the issue, too, with Chicago is that – is there really a spot for Patrick Kane right now? They did acquire a couple top six features like Taylor mm. Hall, Josh Bailey, uh, Corey yeah. Perry. Even though Corey Perry is yeah. more a bottom sixer, you still have a couple guys that can do a job, especially in Chicago. So, I mean, it depends where the market is. Like – 
will Patrick Kane take $3 million to play in Chicago? Probably not. It's a really weird market because it seems like we're kind of in like a freezing pattern because we know the cap's going to go up next year. And maybe that's when GMs start putting out contracts again. But it yeah. seems like people are just, GMs are just kind of waiting around for the salary cap to go back up again. I think the players, too, they're taking one-year deals, a lot of one-year deals on the cheap so they can kind of bounce back, trade, get traded. The deadline of things go far. You can choose wherever you want to go and then try again in the offseason. It's happened with uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Jason Zucker, um, Kevin Shattenkirk, JDR, I mean, Lucic. But there's yeah. still like a bunch of names that have just taken one-year deals to say like, okay, next year we're hoping for a jump. If things go to crap for the teams we're at, we'll get traded at the deadline. And then after that, we'll play as the card fly in a hopefully more robust free agent market. Agreed. Agreed. I think I think once that does go up, you'll see a lot uh, like a lot more jumping around and a lot more con contracts being being handed out. And um, that that'll be good news for you because I mean a more more active uh, free agency when when you do your annual video. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes it gets a little loaded with the contracts, but um, I'm trying to think how to attack it this year. I might do something briefer because once again, there wasn't a ton that happened. It was more just a holding stage, especially with one right. deals. Plus, we there are a few moves that still have to be made. So there's still that to play as well. And a lot of teams seem like more they get they get stuff in pre-deadline and the deadline was just more finalizing instead mm -hmm. of getting a lot more surprises out. Yes. So a few more, a few more Western teams before we head back out East. Um, could Dallas run it back in the conference? It seems like on paper, they are like one of the top teams in, in the West. And they added a few pieces as well. Matt Duchesne was another one year deal, mm -hmm. which would, yeah. which at that rate is an excellent buy for your middle six. Oh yeah. I mean, if give me the Donald's back, they did get like um, most of their big pieces are back as well. So I think Ottinger just had a bit of a, a bump on the road in that past playoff year because he was not Jake Ottinger, especially in those last two rounds. So I think they do have a good shot of trying to run it back, at least to the playoffs. What happens there is anyone's guess. But I think they are a team to be reckoned with, especially with some of the pieces that are still developing. Nick Robertson still has some upside, I believe, or Wyatt Johnson. It's still another piece they can look at as well. So, as me and my friends like to say, this feels like a Dallas will be pissed type year. Like they'll just want to mm -hmm. run rough shot over over the conference, and especially in like the Central, I think they could easily win win the Central and just be like one of those. We're gonna win the West and dare any team to try and stop them. I mean, there is a few, yeah. but it just it seems like this is a year where gang green's just going to go on an absolute run. Mm -hmm. So we're not, not going to talk much about Arizona because well, it's freaking Arizona. Yeah. And I mean, uh, they have a bunch of pieces. They'll probably chip off at the deadline. Probably like, it's, it, it's Kerfoot, Zucker. It's Gary Bettman's mutant baby. That's being kept alive mm -hmm. in a test tube. Like those old eighties mute um, old men that are kept in test tubes to be kept alive. That's mm -hmm. all that they are. But well, they're, they're apparently trying for like six different locations, but it's like if you have when, to go to a referendum, you're getting rejected. When um when that news initially broke a couple months ago, 
um, I'm, you know, I follow a couple of um, Yotes um, reporters and podcasters. Mm -hmm. And when that broke, so many of them caped up for the Yotes. They're like, no, 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 that fell through, but we'll get this location. Oh, they're not moving. We're just going to go here. Oh, yeah. don't sleep on the coyotes. The is, like, if they go to the native reservation land, I think the key with Morello, Maruello, he wants a casino in Arizona. He's not going to get that with that land. And you're not going to get that, say, like you try Scottsdale, Chandler, Mesa. Like you're going to fall into the same issues unless it's like privately owned land. And even then, does anyone really want it in Arizona? Because yeah. I feel like the chance to build that fan base was 10 years ago. The brand's too toxic. That's the problem. It is. There's nothing there, there. And if he wants to build a casino there, I mean, a casino out in the desert, you have that two and a half hours north. I mean, who's going to go to Arizona Arizona to gamble? Well, if you're in Phoenix. No, true. True, I guess. I mean, it's not like they're going to move in with the Suns, which they already said, no, you're not. They, gonna if they're going to have the same issues they had 20 years ago because that arena yeah. was not built for hockey. Oh, no, no, no. And I, if I'd have to bet, the Suns are much more popular than than the Yotes are, uh, especially but, since Sarver sold. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll head out to the uh, the the uh, the California three, and it seems like among them, it seems like the Kings have the brightest future among the three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if the first round is just kind of their ceiling for the time for the time being. Who are their goalies? Are you seriously telling me that Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley are going to be your goaltender tandem heading into the year? You might you're you're limiting your ceiling right there. Cam Talbot has fallen apart. He did not do well in Ottawa. Phoenix Copley is a journeyman. He had his moments, but he's not a kind of guy you, you can rely on as a one B. And so there's your problem right there. That's why I said earlier that they had to go for Hellebuck and not do block. Agreed. And even as someone who Bears fans, you know, we love Phoenix Copley, we do because we saw him go up through the system. But as uh, a Calder Farm stand in HL podcast said two years ago, he's 31 or is going to be 32. Mm-hmm. That's the back end of a goalie's career. So, yeah. you know, an HL journeyman who's 32, you know, he's yeah, he, he had a great second half last year and I was very happy for him. But no team's going to say, OK, go do that again with a 45 game workload. Yeah, the only person I can see who was like an NHL, AHL journeyman that really emerged as a quality goalie is Tim Thomas. And yeah. that is a very rare breed. Very, absolutely, because usually they'll have like one-year greats and then they'll just fall right off. Just just ask mm-hmm. Anton Kadobin. Kadobin, so, the Hamburglar. Yeah, oh, God, the Hamburglar. And Hadobin had a couple of years as a backup in the NHL before this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 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 – Stand out of the bubble hockey tournament. Yeah. Anton Kadobin. So, um, you know, looking at San Jose and Anaheim, I know Anaheim just basically blew it up. It's just yeah. what it looks like. They just sold off. They're not so really they're selling, selling, though. I think they had to still spend a bit to get to the cap. They threw Alex Kalorn a huge contract, which is nowhere near what he's going to be worth in a couple of years. But that was just like we have to pay over not only just to get him to come to California, but to get over the cap. That's the issue with Anaheim. And they did, like, nobody's developing in their system. That's the big red flag. So, like, the only one who really did anything in terms of strides was Mason McTavish. And that's, even then, that's a question mark. Yeah, San San Diego was just as bad as Anaheim, if not Mm -hmm. worse. And John Gibson wants out, too. 
Oh yeah. He, so the question is like, you're not going to get much for him because he's, he's a name brand only. Like he hasn't performed yeah. well in the last four years and it could be the team in front of him, but at the same time, like his metrics have shown a market decline as well. And surprisingly, the goalie market just hasn't been great during in, in free agency. We thought so many big guys were going to be signed, but no, didn't seem a lot of guys really moved all that. Price all is that too much. great. I think that's the issue. Like the Penguins, I would have loved for them to go after like a hell of a book or a Carter Hart. But they have neither the resources in the farm nor the draft capital spared to nope. trade for one of those guys. Mm-mm. So that was like I, th- I think that's an issue with a lot of teams right now. Agreed. And um, you know, but I did like who Anaheim drafted, Leo Carlson, a big, mm-hmm. big Swede center. Um, remind you of an Anze Kopitar, which is yeah. if he turns into something like that, that's always great to have around. And um, with San Jose, I just I, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to unload Eric Carlson, yeah, which even if this when this does go out, don't know where he's going to be. It's but, Carolina um, or Pittsburgh are the ones I'm hearing. And, and with Pittsburgh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think he moves the needle because you, uh, you're going to have to trade, what, two or three first round picks at 50 percent retention plus prospects. You don't have the cap space. You probably have to trade, I don't know, like Marcus Patterson or Jake Gensel the other way to make it even close to work. So yeah. I, I don't think that's the right move for Pittsburgh to make. No, I think it, like Carolina has the deeper farm system or mm-hmm. used to, and that's an, another show with what's going on out there. Yeah. But um, it just, it seems like, you know, he wants to move. He wants to get on the market, but the market just, just ain't responded. Yeah. And, so well, that, San Jose's demanding too much. That's the problem. Yep. And like, like you've said on, on your videos, Stanley Cup would have really helped for something like this. Yeah, it always does. But that that's our look at the West, and we'll take a look at things going out in the East right after this. All right, hockey fans, before we continue on with the with the interview with Urinating Tree, just a quick reminder to thank the sponsor of this podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook, letting you know all new customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet just $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. It's the summer, but we still got lots of baseball coming up. Preseason NFL, if you're into that kind of thing, for you to get all your sports betting needs on. Maybe get a little practicing in before Lord Football returns to us full-time. And you can do that with DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts. In West Virginia, have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Hollywood Casino at Charles town races in connecticut help is available for gambling problem call 888-729-7777 or visit ccpg.org 21 plus in most eligible states but age and age varies by jurisdiction see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific gambling restriction resources bonus bets expire seven days after insurance one boost per eligible game, opt-in required, max bet $50, 10-plus leg required for 100 boost. Eligibility wagering, deposit restrictions apply, terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. 
All right, Bears fans, it is August, known as the month without hockey, and I know some of you are struggling out there, but just keep memories of Game 7 in your mind to keep you warm as you head throughout the summer. But as all of us Bears fans are hitting the summertime activities, whether it's going out there to Hershey Park or whatever park you you fancy, maybe loading people up in the R, in the RV and going someplace, or maybe going camping or whatever... Folks, I'm here to tell you, you're going to need something to listen to, something to help you listen and take your mind off of all the vacation stuff you got to do this this time of year, whether it's listening to your favorite podcast, hopefully this one, or whatever podcast is out there, is out there. But just make sure that whenever you need a retreat from whatever is going on during the summertime, make sure you check out Raycon. Yes, sponsoring this podcast, Raycons has some great offers for you as we head into the summertime months. There's a lot that that goes on. Some of you prefer upbeat music to keep you going. Whether you're hitting that workout grind in 90 degree temperatures, you sadists, you. Or perhaps you just need something easy listening to while you're doing stuff around the house, doing chores, handling the pets, handling the kids, or both. You're going to need something great, and Raycon can help you out out with that. Raycons is great for me for me as starting with my new job. I can't listen to stuff at work any anymore, but when I'm home and I need to wind down, a good set of earbuds is what I need when I go for an after-work walk to try and get some cardio in, and I listen to different sports podcasts that I love or the occasional wrestling podcast as well. The Raycon earbuds are great as they fit in my ear, and I don't have to worry about earbuds with cords that I know are going to fall out. These are good products to to use. I wouldn't be talking out here that hear about them if I haven't. But let me tell you folks, Raycon is definitely the best way to listen. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life that includes 8 hours of playtime. So you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. They come custom tips for comfortable in-ear fit that's not going to that that shouldn't hurt in 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 any way and they started over half the price of premium audio brands so they sound just as good and folks i've been in the market for earbuds for quite some time especially while i'm recording as we're going to head into a new season here in about uh, four to six weeks so as much as I love using the big headphones to record something a little bit sleek and more stylish and actually make me look like a credible video podcaster would definitely help out as well, and Raycons will. So create your own soundtrack this summer with with whatever it is, and Raycon can help you out with it. Right now, Grit and Barrett podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That buyraycon.com slash THPN save 15% on Raycons that's buyraycon.com slash THPN make sure you check them out Raycons a fine sponsor of the Grits and Barrett podcast and now back to the action and we're back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast talking NHL hockey with your with your nating tree always great to have them on so we are heading. We're going to be talking some Eastern Conference, and um, if we're talking in the East, there's so many like talking points I want to go after, just to like, 
you know, either laugh at some teams or just say, but you know what? I just got to do it. I just, I just got to do it. Boston. <sighs> what? But you brought back Milan Lucic. Don't you know that's the cup celebration? That is the cup celebration. You brought back Milan Lucic. Yeah. You're totally not doing yeah. that to try and get Krejci and Bergeron to come back. You have brought Milan Lucic. He's going to lead you to the promised land. You brought back JBR and you got back Kevin Shattenkirk. Milan Lucic is going to punch faces to get them back to losing the first round. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, he's going to punch guys in the mouth, and um, that's probably it. I mean, he's he's a perpetual line stepper, but you kind of have that in Brad Marchand already. But um, you do you, Boston. You do you. And eventually wait for the call-up of Brandon Bussey to come up from Providence. And um, mm-hmm. and for all of you listening, that's not me being smart. That's actually his last name. Yep. So, um, so considering – Considering, you know, you and me are both Yenzers at heart, so we got to bring up Pittsburgh on this. Um, we know we're circling the drain. We know the end is nigh. The end is coming. Um, just, it, it, it feels like the end. Like It, it, just, it, it does, it, but they still feel like they want to push towards a cup. Like, I mean, you're appeasing the old core. That's what it really comes down yeah. to. You took the oldest team in hockey, you made them even older. I think the average age is something like 32. You, I like what they did with the bottom six. Like, Achari's a solid get. Lars yeah. Eller is a nice bottom six piece, even if he's a little yeah. advanced in his age. Matthew Nieto should be really good, especially for that penalty kill. Uh, yeah. Tristan Jari just reeks of settling because there was nothing else in the market. That's what it really seems to me. It just seems very eh. – it's, like, it's just like, okay, I get why they did it, but it's just like – do you see Tristan Jari, his extreme inconsistency and injury issues and think, okay, we're going to go into deep run now? I don't. Like, it's just because there's nothing else there. Like, Corpus Salo was gone. He got signed by Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Anderson got what went back to Carolina. Yeah. And there were a few other pieces, but the prices were too high. So, welcome back, Jari. And like, and like you said, there's, there, there's no capita. I mean, no, nobody's going to want an Alex Nylander or a Ty Smith, even though they were both, both resigned. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in the pipeline. And I've seen, I've seen Wilkesbury more than enough times. It's barren. It, like, it, there's there's maybe nothing a few there pieces there. that could be there, but not much. Like, but that's like three or four years yeah. off. Yeah, like who are you trading? Like you're probably trading Colin Pickering, Raiden Yeager. Like you're not going to yeah. get a ton for those guys. Uh, Sammy Poulon, his value is depressed. Valtteri Pushton, you're probably not going to get much for him. No. Um, no, and wherever uh, those guys Joel go. Blumfist, like, that's that's it. And wherever those guys go, they're just going to be plugged into another American Hockey League team. It's not like you're being dra- you're being sent off somewhere and you're going to get bottom six time. Yeah. You know, you're just going to go to Maybe might get bottom six time. Like Poulon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know Nylander believes he can get that. But he hasn't really gotten a chance here. I mean, like no. he's been all right in a short sample size, but for the most part, he's been buried in the AHL, same as Tyson. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So um, so let let's head to the uh the the other side of the state in uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And um they're actually made some half decent moves. They understand they're blowing it up, they're doing that. They I think they drafted and did kind of well in pre free agency. It's the it's a deep rebuild, but 
they're doing the I necessary mean, steps. They had to. They've been doing the half in, half out thing for about a decade. Yeah. It was not working. Uh, Chuck Fletcher was the best GM for the Penguins over the past half decade. That's oh, yes. I'm just going to say that right there. Absolutely. Because it was just a train wreck, and they're going to have to spend years trying to dig out of whatever the hell he was building over there. And having to do the hard R rebuild, that is something that they, I mean, that's the right move because. Like they've talked about considering trading Carter Hart if the price is right, smart move. Getting rid of the Kevin Hayes contract, even though I, they didn't get much for him because the Sanheim deal blew up in their face because Troy Krug didn't want to waive his no-trade clause. That was a smart <laughs> move. Trading off Ivan Provorov and eating a bad contract and Cal Peterson to get futures that could work out in the future, that was a smart move. So I think like they're in the right spot right now, but – as I said, this is going to be a three or four year timeline. Oh yeah, as as someone who sees their farm club quite a bit, I don't like they're going to be reloading that over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think anybody does. No, but um, it's like you said, had to be done there, handsome. Had to be done, and they've took the appropriate steps to uh to to do so. And I will not forget being up in the press box with the Bears back in February, getting to meet future GM of the Flyers, Danny Briere in person. Never forget that. So, so good luck to him and Keith Jones. Good luck. I, I, I don't wish them good luck just because I'm a fan of a rival. That's almost oh, I'm not. I'm saying good luck as a token <laughs> gesture. I don't mean, <laughs> I do not mean it. This is, this is hollow words. Absolutely oh. hollow words. Should be hollow. Yes. So um, let's head a little bit more East and we head to uh, New Jersey and, was this playoffs the coming out party for the New Jersey Devils? I think they're a fascinating team moving forward. Remember, Timo Meyer's been extended long-term. I think once he gets that chemistry, I think he'll be very good in that system. They bring in Tyler Toffoli at a depressed rate. I think that instantly boosts their second line. They have, um, you know, Akira Schmidt has shown flashes of brilliance. Vanacek is doing all right, too. So I think, like, the ceiling is pretty high, and I think – their expectations are going to be a lot higher too, because once again, they perform very well. Their rebuild has finally taken strides when they had a bunch of times they stalled out over the past six or seven years. So I would say, yeah, I think like this was their coming out party, especially beating a hated rival in the Rangers and just making them just eat tons of shit. That was such a fun series to watch, and I got to cover mm-hmm. a couple games on oh, the watch long party. And I was I like, had to watch with uh, five points, and he was just mm-hmm. like despondent, like in game seven, because it was like <laughs> the team just like they quit. Like they talked, yeah. their motto was no quit in New York, games five and seven. That sure as hell looked like you quit. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, like you said in your recap video, if they if they play defense, they win that series in five or six easily. Uh, no. Just Yorkin was probably at the best series of any goaltender in the playoffs. Like the yeah. only reason why it went seven was because of him and that power play. Like they had yeah. endless chances. They get anything resembling a team game, they might make the cup. Dear God. Because of Igor. Igor yeah. was playing on his mind. My God, in an alternate timeline, we could have gotten Vegas and New York. Dear God. We could have gotten New York and Edmonton. Yes. Yes, a lot of the old timers would have would have loved that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so so yeah, and uh, we'll we'll talk about a New York team, but not the one people are going to think. I'm actually going to go to Long Island and talk mm. about the uh, the Islanders. And um, you know, it, I when 
when I was doing a watch along for those games, I had people dunking on, and let me see, I just, I, I get this right. So many people were dunking on Bo Horvat during that. And it's just like, what were people expecting when he came in? Like to come in and instantly score 20 goals in a month and a half. I mean, I, Islanders fans were just dunking on him so much. And it's mm-hmm. like, what, what was the issue? If you look at his stats in Vancouver, his shooting percentage was incredibly unsustainable. Something like 12 to 13%. He was averaging 21. So you could kind of tell like, okay, he's going to have a regression. I, he, he went below his average rate. I think it was around like six or 7%. So he's going to get a bounce back. The problem is like, yeah. you saw like a, a, a Bo Horvat playing over his head and a Bo Horvat that was slumping. They were, yeah. they, they went down on him because they're kind of sour on Lou Lamorello because it doesn't really do much in the off season. And not to mention that um, like the moves he's made have been kind of, because uh, yeah. like, they, they like Datu Ratu, Bo Villier was a solid piece. And when you mm-hmm. have those expectations, it just got kind of there. Like, I mean, he made some weird moves this offseason. Because, like, I'm sitting there, like, Pierre Engvall and Scott Mayfield got signed to seven-year deals. Oh, I yes. Mean, like, Engvall's a solid player with seven years for a bottom sixer. Scott Mayfield's 30. He's had a seven-year deal. Sorokin mm-hmm. was the great deal. Like, an eight-year deal, 27. Like, he's the yeah. reason why they're going to be anything. But, oh, like, for the most part, I'm just, like, sitting there, like, with – and a four-year deal for Simeon Farlamov at 35, which is a risky movement as well. Because I'm just sitting there like, what? 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, and and but, but they got but they got Jacob Sorelic there in the pipeline. I think you could eventually toss out toss out Varlamov and just yeah. bring up Sorelic from there. They'll probably trade him in like two or three years. Probably. Probably. But yeah, it, looking at the Islanders, they they have a lot of long terms there and it's mm-hmm. like th- th- this is what you're going to be stuck with i mean it's the same core Lou- they had with Garth snow pretty much yeah. like the i mean they traded bailey to free up gap space but that was it mm-hmm. it's it's just it, it just feels like a really weird setup i mean it'll be a team that makes noise and could get into the playoffs but yeah. i just don't see it like a this team could do a deep run it i just, still I feel like barry trotz was that that core he was that pulse i think that he was. was the thing with him he did amazing things with, with that team. So, um, yeah, let's go to Manhattan for a little bit with the Rangers. And, um, boy, what an all-in push that saw them play hockey for two weeks in April. Mm-hmm. And, that- and uh, how weird is it to see Jonathan Quick in a Rangers uniform? Like, that's surprising. I don't know if that one's going to work out because he did not look good last year. No, and he's like what 35, 36, 37, 38, 37, and he was already falling off. And yeah, like he did not do well last year. And we both know when the end comes for goalies, it's never pretty. Mm-hmm. And he's he's already there. I mean, and he doesn't need rings, he already has two with the Kings. Yep. So I mean it just it's gonna be weird seeing 32 in blue, red, and white. Yep. I mean, same as like Blake Wheeler as well. I mean, Blake Wheeler's another one that's kind of there. Uh, Keandre Miller on a bridge, but even then he's going to want the big bucks after a while. Oh yeah. So, I mean, your issue is team defense. You didn't really do much for it. Like Eric Gustafson, like he's more offensively minded. Like I feel like they need more power in that back end. And worst of all, like the prospects that you were banking on to really take a step up have not panned out. Vitaly Kravtsov has been a bust. He's already going to Russia. Like uh, Capo Caco and uh, Lafreniere are, 
they're solid. They're solid pieces. They're NHL caliber, but would yeah. you call them like headliners? No, no, not at all. They're middle no. six. No, and I can tell you, there's there's some in the pipeline there there at Hartford. I mean, Jeremy Jeremy Brodzinski could be a decent mm-hmm. bottom six. Bottom six. Um, Dil, um, a rookie, Dylan Garrard, had a really good Calder Cup playoffs there as well but they're not i don't think the rangers are in really a market for a goaltender no so um it's like maybe okay, a backup like, but like that's really it that that that's really it and i've heard that story before with other with other prospects they try they tried to do mm-hmm. but it just seems like new york's in kind of like a weird no man's land they're good to make the playoffs they're they're going to be a fun team to watch but yeah. i just feel like there's so many better teams in the east than them they like need luck here. I mean, that's mostly what the hockey is, right? Luck. Yeah, it is. Absolutely is. So um, let, let, let's head to a fun place, a team that I know you and me make a lot of fun of, and that's Toronto. Hmm. They got they got to taste a first-round victory. I was happy for Steve Dangle that he finally got to do that. Yep. And then they died. And then they fell apart. It's just like it's peak Toronto. And the problem is, like, Florida broke them because, you know, Dubas, he got fired, and now he's a Penguins coach. Like, I'm interested to see what Dubas does, but at the same time, it's like you're kind of appeasing the core. But Brad Tree Living to Dubas is a very lateral move. It's like, eh. Tree Living's had its moments, but at the same time, like, he didn't really have that pedigree. And signing Ryan Reeves to a three-year deal, that is definitely a Brad Tree Living type of move. You know the truculence and the skill and like the face yeah. punching, and then yeah. like after yeah, uh, John Coinberg for the defensive end. Sure. So and sure. uh, yeah, so like they wanted him his head on a pike after game year one, day one. Then day two comes, they sign Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, and suddenly they're planning to break. So that that's the wrong. I mean, at the same time, it's like this is a very critical year because I mean, you think about it. Austin Matthews, contract expiring free agency. William Nylander, contract expiring. And they're probably not going to afford all three of them because Nylander is going to want to raise and Matthews is going to want to raise. So, and then Marner and Tavares have two years left on their deals. So, and not to mention, they're over the cap because Ilya Samsonov is headed to arbitration. They need to Mm -hmm. find a way to shut off Matt Murray. And you aren't going to do that unless you're trading somebody like Nick Robertson or Matt Nice or a first. Yeah. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to swallow something to get rid of that deal. It just seems like a an an ugly end is coming for Toronto because like because like you said, Austin Matthews isn't expiring, so is William Nylander and Tyler Bertuzzi. Two years left for John Tavares, who came mm-hmm. home. You know, we yeah. all heard about that about five and years hi- ago. In hindsight, that was probably the biggest mistake they made because it couldn't allow them to spend on anything else. No, and, and it raised uh, the values of Matthews, uh, Marner, and Nylander. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, this team seemed like they were going to do really great, and it just, it never, it never, never happened. Out. It feels like they've become more of a punching bag than team. Oh, let's uh, let's uh, p- uh pivot east. And we go to uh, Les, uh, Les Inhabitants de Montreal, and um, they're a hockey team. Ooh. Yeah, they're still rebuilding. There's not much you can do there. Alex Newhook, yeah. I think, was their big acquisition. They brought back Monaghan. I'm trying to think what else they really did. 
because it's I just like, really like just, uh, let me look at my old TSN trade tractor. Yeah, pretty much. That's what they're doing. Like uh, yeah, extending up uh, Leah Sanderson on the UFA deal. Uh, Cole Caulfield got extended, which is you know a good deal, but that's really about it. And then yeah, Montreal it, maybe it, a couple trades. Yeah, I mean, well, the one good thing is at least coming up in this draft for this year, they've got twelve picks. So good mm-hmm. on them. That's good what you do for- in a rebuild. You accrue draft picks and then let them develop. I mean, oh, they're yeah. going to need an heir apparent to carry price, but that time will come. Oh yes. So, um, just one more Canadian team there in the East. Do we take the Ottawa Senators seriously this year? The Alex DeBrinkit situation was just terrible luck because we all looked at it as a great deal for Ottawa. Then he just goes to crap and gets traded at just an incredibly depressed value. Like mm-hmm. a minor prospect, a conditional first, and Dominic Kubalik. Like that is yeah, a deep drop. Like, I mean, Ottawa is a strange team too. It could have been because of the sale as well because they finally settled yeah. that situation. The Melnick era is officially over. Um, so best of luck to the new owners there. Um, there was the rumors that Dubas might go there, but yeah, I think they're in an observation period right now. The new owners want to see what's happening. Yeah. Cause uh, a, a hot rumor around the American hockey league is that their farm club might get moved out of Belleville, yeah, Belleville. which is, which is a glor, if I might say glorified CHL rink, it's not pretty there. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing I keep bringing up to my one friend who keeps, Oh, they're going to get moved. And I'm like, where? Where are you going to go? You're going to move Binghamton. back. Binghamton. Binghamton. I'd That's love to see that. I'd love to see Bingo come back. And there are a lot of people who want to see that come back. Yeah, that's the only one I can really think of off the bat. Mm. Um, I miss um, uh, Like, Altoona? Altoona doesn't have a rank, though. No, Altoona couldn't. But, you know, like what? You're going to move in with Ottawa? You're going to play double header games there at and tarp off the 200 section? Mm-hmm. They're at Canadian Tire Center, whatever the hell it's called called now. But Is just Hamilton one, back. I mean, you can bring Hamilton Ham- back. Maybe, 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 but there's a reason reason why the league hasn't gone back there. And I've, oh, I haven't heard great things about it. Well, it's like the the arena's kind of substandard. If I oh yeah. Correctly. Yep. So um, so um, let's head back into the states here a little bit. Really fun team to watch, and Very I love. And I Very love they brought team. back. I love they brought back the goat head jerseys. They were absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic, and I think it was like eight out of the nine games they played in those jerseys, they scored at least six goals. Yes. So just unreal production out of them. They got great stuff in the pipeline there in Rochester, mm-hmm. and I think I think hopefully Buffalo takes a next step this season. I think the main thing they were trying to focus on is show up their defensive depth. Like they brought in Eric Johnson. I think they brought in, I forget who else they brought in, but it was more like, you know, defensive depth to really shore up because that was one of their issues last year was the bottom six. And they have a very young defensive core that needs veteran influence like an Eric Johnson. So their goaltending should be drastically improved, especially with a full year of Devon Levi. UPL might keep developing Mm -hmm. as well. So you have a quality one, two punch right there. Um, forward core, you have a lot of pieces in the system as well. So I think they're in decent shape for a first year. I think this might be the year, if all things go according to plan, they finally break that, uh, that 
year without a playoff streak. Oh, hopefully, because you know we we went up there to to Buffalo, and that's just a great hockey city up there, and you mm -hmm. can kind of feel the excitement building there there as well. So um, let let's head a little bit further south. Um, Columbus has got to get better this year, right? They got to get better. They were injured. That was just a mass unit. Year. I think it that was a was mass the unit. My only downside is how bad was Brad Larson as a head coach that you consider Mike Babcock to be an upgrade? <laughs> Mike Babcock hasn't done anything in 15 years. No. Like there was those issues coming out of Detroit and Toronto, him kicking players, abusing players, and you're bringing him into a really young system. Like, uh, I mean, it might work, but. And that's why you got rid of Tortorella because his 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 sort of style wears on people after a while. I think that'll definitely happen with with Babcock as well. I mean, you might get a couple of good years, but eventually the the old man yelling at the kid stick gets real old. Real, real we saw quick, Daryl Sutter in two years. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially if you're if you're not winning as well. So um, Carolina, are they finally going to get over that hump? This has I mean, to be the year they do it. This has to be the year they do it. I mean, I, I did not agree with them throwing almost $8 million a year at uh, Dimitri Orlov for two years because, I mean, that pretty much signalizes that Brett Pesci's gone. Like, yeah. Natchez might be gone too. So you have a lot of players coming in on expiring deals, especially this past year. So they've got a lot of work to do. It's a lot of arbitration deals. Like, the only ones that are really extended long-term, I think it was Vechnikov, Kachekov, Orlov and I'm trying to think who else, but there are a lot of expiring deals UFA and RFA. It just it's so weird that like four or five years ago they had so much prospects and so much coming up, and I still can't believe they traded away some of their their youth for just a quick run. I mean we've seen that we've seen that in Washington, mm -hmm. and but I was surprised they traded off Alex Nedeljkovic, and we're sticking with. And we're sticking with Freddie Anderson and Andy yep. Rotana. Yeah, they're all both of them are back, I believe. I, I'm, yeah. I thought Kachekov would have gotten a permanent role in the NHL unless they're going to roll with three. That's the only um, thing I'm thinking. Un unless you keep him as a third, I don't. I, I understand why. I mean, Kachekov did re did really good in Chicago, but I as think of he's right ready now, for a, a full time role. But here's the thing, though: as of at the time of this recording. Carolina has no American Hockey League affiliate because their team Chicago's claimed independence. They're hmm. going to run as a full-blown independent team. So, oh, so they're going back to the old IHL style, independent yes. team. Yeah, and and they've 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 gotten a bunch of play like misfit players knowing that that's a ceiling. They have no affiliate, but they'll play there all season. So, I don't know if they'll go into a dual affiliation with Charlotte the way after all that went down a few years ago or who knows again at the time of this recording, but you know, could like Kachankov find a place to play? You got to send your prospects some year, and they've already loaned four European forwards out to a Finnish league. Hmm. So it's just really interesting what's going to happen with them. Interesting. So, um, so let, let's head down to uh, to Florida for a Florida team. And, um, was that the Panthers shot last year? I mean, if they get proper goaltending, it won't be, but I think like it could very well be. I mean, they did play with a fire that we expected out of them throughout the year. You have to remember the previous year, 
we expected them to compete for the division. They were the president's trophy winner. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't expect them to just fall apart like that, but they did do some solid moves, like bringing in OEL and a really cheap cap hit. I think that's solid. I think, like, I mean, trading Duclair isn't ideal, but they didn't have to do a ton, per se. Like, Kachuk yeah. will still be Kachuk. Oh, yeah. So I think they'll be all right. Yeah. Even if the Atlantic will be much tougher. Oh, it absolutely will be. And, you know, and I'm reminded of a line from um, Ocean's 12 is you don't pull the same gag twice. You move mm-hmm. on to the next gag. And you don't – they're not going to pull the nobody believes in us team for two years in a row. Everybody knows your style now, and they're going to mm-hmm. be coming for you. Yep. So um, is Tampa done? Are the Is the Lightning, like, done being that upper echelon Atlantic team? I don't know about that. I mean, I think they'll still be really good as long as Vasilevsky plays like Vasilevsky. But as I said, you ran out of gas big time against Toronto. If they're prime Tampa Bay, they crush Toronto. They probably go in another run. But at the same time, like, as I said, they had to shut off more pieces. Kaloran's gone. Ross Colton had to be traded in a, in, you know, in a cap busting move because, you know, Colorado, I mean, you're getting a damn good player in Ross Colton. But at the same time, um, they've got a couple moves, but at the same time, like, they're still trying to juggle that old court. True. True. It just, it seems like, you know, they, they got two, they still got two rings, even though they were under circumstances, they still got them. The names are still on the cup. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The bubble hockey tournament in the shortened season. We know, we know. That's what they all said. But Tampa will, will tell you they're the back-to-back champions and they will be Mm -hmm. more than happy to tell you that down there. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So So lastly, in DC, a team that's attempting to get younger, while Ovechkin chases the goal record, will they be able to do that? Because Ovechkin's got like three years left. He's going to get it. We all know oh, it's yeah. going to happen. Oh, yeah. Unless he's like, he suffers a grinding injury, he'll absolutely oh, yeah. get it. They'll just like plop him in his little office in the power play. They'll just whack howitzers and just like, oh, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. Yep. And like I told, I told people, when I saw him for the first time in person back in 2018, and I saw that salt-peppered hair of his go out onto the ice, and I'm like, every story I've heard about that man is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. The man, the, the man is a living legend. He is going to pass him. And as someone who's seen the prospect line, there is going to be some youth coming up yes. with with Protoss and Beck. I think Connor McMichael is going to get an extended look, and Brian I think they Leonard, might. They just drafted two, if I remember correctly. Ex- yep, and quite possibly the signing that came out of nowhere, Ethan Frank might get. A good look as as well as he had a really good year with Hershey this year, and a couple good defensive prospects as well. So um, it and also could Hunter Shepard come up and maybe steal a goalie spot from either Charlie from Charlie Lindgren? I don't know. It would depend on the camp per se, but I feel like Darcy Kemper is going to be their starter. But yeah. it depends on how Lindgren does. Um, mm-hmm. My big surprise with Washington. I thought Evgeny Kuznetsov would have been traded by now. That was the huge thing going with them, especially with how he seemed checked out, especially on the back end. So that was the thing we were looking at. But otherwise, like, I think it's a pretty standard offseason for the Capitals, per se. Yeah, just, you know, filling pieces where they need it. I mean, Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Coming off a major knee surgery, and that's a shame what happened to him. 
Yeah. I mean, just right after he recovered the same Achilles. Yeah. Just like it, it was like a sniper took him out. It was, it was mm-hmm. sad to watch. Yeah. But, you know, and was, I think if I remember correctly, it was only with like a couple seconds left in the game, too. Yeah. It just just took one extra so- stride and bam. Yep. No more knee. It's just, you know, with, with Washington, it's just it's it seems like ra- round up the usual suspects with yep. with them. The, the Penguins and the Capitals, yin and yang, and they're both falling together. Oh, yeah. I've I've told people like whenever. Ovechkin, Ovechkin's last year, I'm convinced that Gary Bettman's going to have an all-star game in D.C. just to send him off. Him at what if Crosby and Ovechkin retire the same year? Probably, but um, it's like, you know, it's not like you could hold it at like an arena that's halfway between the two teams. Happy you know? Valley, but I don't think that's really halfway. Um, it's not really halfway, yeah. and um, it's it's oh, it'd be great. The building there is fantastic. Yeah, but, the only place halfway would be Breezewood, Pennsylvania. So we'll turn by stop. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you've driven on the PA Turnpike, you and know. you're trying to connect to DC or Baltimore, Breezewood is the oasis of oasis. Yes, yes. You stop there, you gas up, and you go. There is nothing mm-hmm. there there. Yeah, it's just like restaurant, uh, like a few restaurants and fast food joints and the, the sheets. <laughs> uh, good talking to you, brother. Good talking Absolutely. to you, Trey. Love talking NHL with you, Definitely. man. So before we get you out of here, um, it's August. So, of course, you're going to have um, NFL stuff, stuff coming out. So, um, you know, just let people know where they – where they can find you. Well, I'm at urinating tree on YouTube, uh, urinating tree on Twitter. I have urinating underscore tree on uh, Instagram. Don't really post much there. I post like just some random life stuff there on occasion, but for the most part, that's where you can find me. Yeah. Thank you once again for having me as always. It's always a pleasure, bro. Not, not a problem, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you all of you for your times, listens and downloads and get out there and enjoy, enjoy the summer wherever and whenever it might be. Hockey will be here before you know it, and we'll catch you next time. Absolutely. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Grit and Barrett podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to. If you are listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a five-star review as it appeases our algorithm overlords. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the Hockey Podcast Network where there is a podcast for each and every NHL team. We also cover the American Hockey League. They have a podcast about college hockey and all the ins and outs of the hockey world. If you wish to know more about our parent club, please check out the official Caps Chirps podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network as they cover all things Washington Capitals. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. That's at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Patricia Blosser, who passed away on December 5th, 2020, to dementia and COVID. The show is also dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears' friends, fans, and family who lost their lives to cancer. Cancer sucks. Thank you once again for listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and go Bears. Go Bears!